This is a Polar Star Podcast. Thank you for hitting play on my show today. This is the Polar Star Podcast, where I have conversations with artists, entertainers, and business owners that call Maine home. My guest this week is musician Natalie Michelle. Natalie is one of those people that just oozes talent, so much so that the world can't help but turn to take notice. In this conversation, we dig through her acting roots and then how a boy pulled her into music and she never looked back. Tune in to see her co-host, The Maine Music Project, Live on Facebook, which I've been lucky enough to be a part of, each show supports the artists playing and they choose a venue to contribute donations to. All past shows are on demand on Facebook as well as their website, themainmusicproject.com. Please donate if you can. You'll see really fantastic performances from local artists like Spencer Albee, the Mallet Brothers, Ghost of Paul Revere, just to name a few. And we have so many big plans in the future. Please tune into that. Follow Natalie on Instagram at Natalie Michelle for all updates on where you can see her perform. We'll be closing this episode with Natalie's newest single, Let Me Love You. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the music video, but even if you're on audio only, you'll be able to see that she has an incredible production team around her. I just want to take a second to shout out a couple friends, Dan Capaldi, who produced the recording, and James Whalen, who shot the video. Thank you for tuning in. If you like this show, please tell a friend, subscribe where you listen, and visit PolarStarPodcast.com for all the news coming out of the Polar Star Studio. We're very excited to bring you Episode 2 of A Better Tomorrow, hosted by Tim Duffy. That comes out every other Tuesday, and next week, May 11th, 2021, he'll be joined by fellow comic Mo Awale. They have a truly enlightening conversation about what it was like for Mo growing up in Portland and how it framed his political views. Be sure to tune in. That's quite enough for me. Here's my conversation with Natalie Michelle. Uh, yeah, I kind of a jack of all trades there. I, I booked shows. I booked comedy. I booked poetry and music. I planned big events, um, kind of put together you know, we had like specialty parties, weddings, showers, book signings, you know, whatever was going on in the community, cool. this place kind of was a hub for that. We, we did lots of different things. We had cof coffee, food, co like the best cocktails at night, um, like a craft cocktail bar. And you kind of, this space was very, um, uh, you could make the space whatever you want you know so you can yeah. you can the furniture was movable the chairs everything you can move around to kind of make it whatever it is okay you, you needed for the day That's this is a bar in brooklyn yeah it's a bar in brooklyn it's and called, people would rent you out sometimes throw like private events sometimes i mean it, we were daily by daily we were a coffee shop and a bar coffee okay. shop by day bar at night so natalie michelle Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Lee? I'm great. Thanks for being here. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so we know each other through the main music project. Yep. Um, we are, I'm, I bring basically this whole setup mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. and, and shoot and you host it and you're also an organizer of it. Mm -hmm. I gather. Yep. I don't know yep. too much. I kind of am, am 
uh, were, bottom rung of information. Right. Yeah. Right. right. But th I, that's the way it's fine. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't need to be more. And, um, and so, and I know you play music. We just, we just, uh, did your performance with, uh, main, the, the main music project, mm -hmm. um, which was fantastic. Thank you. Thank and, you very much. And I wanted to have you in here and get the chance to know you a little bit better. Yeah. So thank right. you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, it was nice to do that kind of thing again, to do like my artist musician thing. Um, it probably been like a year since I did any, anything, um, you know, at that level with my music and my music career. So, and you've been playing, I mean, you've been playing for a long time, but you, mm -hmm. it, it seems like you did a lot of mostly solo. Have you had bands in the past? I have. Yeah. Okay. So in, when I was living in New York, I lived there for about 10 and a half years before I moved here. Um, okay. Um, I, before we get to that, yeah. uh, what are you doing currently? Like what's your nine to five? Uh, I don't have a nine to five. I've never okay. had a nine to five. I don't think I will ever have a nine to five. Good for you. <laughs> it's just not in my cards. Um, I, I do a lot of different things. So I've always kind of been my, my friends kind of joke that Natalie's like the hustler. She like hustles. So I have lots of side gigs. I have lots of gigs. <laughs> okay. Um, so right now I am, um, I'm teaching yoga. Oh, I'm teaching guitar lessons to kids. Okay. Um, I mentor and take care of children with disabilities. Um, I work at a restaurant when COVID is not on a rampage. It sounds like pretty normal, you know, musician. Like I'm, I'm a musician, yeah. but yeah. I need to pay rent. Well, and and before before COVID hit, I was primarily a musician yeah. when I moved here, which was fantastic and you know back in when i in new york i did a lot of hustling and what i loved about maine is i didn't i could just be an artist and have maybe one one other thing or something sure um but really focus on music and then when covid hit i had to get creative again and kind of just like okay what are my skills what are my tools how and it wasn't even because i needed the money terribly i mean we you know unemployment has you know has been running this whole time which has been great but I mean, for my sanity, I yeah. needed to do things for my sanity. Can't, can't just like sit around, you yeah, know. I mean, you're looking at mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so welcome, yeah. welcome here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is for my sanity. Right. Right. Um, so love, I love that. I understand that. Mm -hmm. um, and the the main music project came out of that. Great. So that slum, like it, it was around, I want to say October, November. Um, I, you know, we were we were at the dogfish for like, they were trying to do like a, an exclusive open mic where they would just bring in like one or two artists at a time throughout the night just to like do something, you know? Yeah. And, um, and the owner of dogfish ended up seeing me play that night and we kind of got to chatting and they're, you know, Gabe, you know, our production managers, Gabe and Courtney, yeah. our project managers, Gabe and Courtney, they um, were there and this kind of idea formulated of like, God, this space is so great. God, it's so great to see musicians play again. Oh my God, what are we going to do? You guys, we, we have to do something. We can't just sit around all winter and like not have music. Absolutely. And that's how the main music project started. I've appreciated it. I, you know, I've been completely separated from music the whole time, 
you know, I work and mm-hmm. I'm my, I, my nine to five is in music. My nine to five is. What is, do you, what do you do? I'm the production manager at Aura. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I was, I, I, st- I started kind of taking advantage. I started, you know, not really appreciating it. You know, yeah, mm. when you, when you work at, when you work at that much, you know, right. what I, I've, I've done every show at Aura for the past since I since yeah. Aura started as Aura pretty sure. much and and uh for the so the so the past four years and um and so you know you start to kind of gloss over when it comes to the music the actual music part because right. you're so focused on right. everything else right right it becomes mon- robotic a little mundane and because it's just what you're doing every yeah every day yeah yeah and and you and you see it you know from the artists and you see it from the management and you see it kind of from mm-hmm. everybody involved bartenders everybody kind of you know you get into this groove where you're almost tuning out the music right so you can do your job <laughs> yeah. for the music exactly yeah <laughs> yeah 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 you tune it out so that you can kind of get along and and because if you get swept away in the feeling of the music that brought you there in the first place mm-hmm. you you get very distracted and yeah. you, and you and you get and you get taken out of business mm-hmm. mode right right and, and so now kind of getting to work with musicians especially in such an intimate way mm-hmm. with main music project mm-hmm. i've really appreciated it yeah so yeah i i've i've really appreciated the the chance to hop on board it was kind of a you know um well we appreciate you more than you appreciate us <laughs> all right <laughs> so um let's not hang out there for too long <laughs> no and, uh, i just we we are so grateful for for you sliding in and um yeah we the team feels really gr- in a really good spot right now it does yeah it does um and i think it works it's working for everybody too mm-hmm. there's nobody you know it, it's 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 very even you know you yeah. get into some projects where it's like this person is doing too much and this mm-hmm, person da, da, mm-hmm, da, da, mm-hmm. you know the the politics of it yeah all. And it I, feels very balanced right it does in there. yeah i yeah. feel that too and i feel like the musicians acknowledge it when they come in too Mm -hmm. it's um you know it's it's the vibe they feel safe you know they feel safe they feel like we are taking um like this seriously and we're producing a great product yes um which i think is just so hard to have a great product for musicians to play live music right now it's it's just it's still not amazing across the board you know i mean it like performing live into a phone or computer you know getting anything off of your phone or a computer that even resembles resembles live music in a show in a venue in an into yeah it's like you know trying to find a needle in a haystack it's crazy i often i mean i know in the room it's great but we do but um because you know they we do give them a little bit of an audience you know yeah. there's me there there's 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 you and and and, and Michelle mm-hmm. and and uh and and then and so there's like five people in the room right right and and, and which isn't a lot but it's more than nothing it's more than them just playing into their phone in their living room right right and um so i wonder how i just hope it translates well to the audience you know that's mm-hmm. what i that's what i'm there trying to do and that's what i worry about and you you watch the last I one do, so and i hope I, I watch a lot of them i go back and i and i do watch a I lot of them through. um and i think what and i mean this is across the board on on all of our shows since we've been starting is 
the comments on the the sound and the and the video how how great it is and the the, the artist being me just had been one last week you create the room with you create the sound in the room for the artist that's all the sound in the room is for the artist and for the five people that are in there yeah. you know like that's not what the audience hears but you need that to get the art, art the the artist's confidence to then deliver a performance that will come across when it goes through the interwebs and out the other side yeah you know because yeah. you know what it sounds like on the other side because you have your mixing board and your you know whatever but the artist doesn't i know and I that know. is what i think is so special about what you provide is you make sure that it sounds good in the room for the artist so they can do their best oh yeah so actually uh at it at i try not to talk about aura much on here mm -hmm. just because it's um you know, I'm not representing Aura here, and yeah, and and I do I do kind of hold a management position, so I try to just keep the thing separate. Sure. But when I did start there, I started as a monitor engineer. Okay. And so as kind of the house monitor engineer and the stage manager, and um and just kind of in which that was just say manager just because you're you're the one making the calls you're mm -hmm. the one making the decisions sure. there has to be one person that people can turn toward mm -hmm. that can you know make the calls and front of house gets busy with front of house and and mm -hmm. front of house techs are are are, are um often need to be you know have their handhold all handheld all day so the as the monitor engineer you're next to the stage and i had developed that skill of making musicians comfortable yeah and, and i really enjoy yeah it. and i hadn't i hadn't got to for the so for the for the past year i, I moved up to you know i moved up to the the production manager mm -hmm. and i haven't been working with artists so that's been a so closely as you'd like at the main music for, project yeah yeah for even for even for yeah. the last year at my job i hadn't been i had only been working with the managers there so and i think there's been like a little bit of a gap that's been closed too because our production team is pretty small we're a small intimate team yes and our shows in that space are small intimate shows and you're dealing with these artists who haven't been performing for a year you know who've forgotten how to play their songs who don't point. remember how to you know, let alone, you know, address the audience, let alone address an audience through a, a, a tiny camera, yeah, you know, yeah. it's so many weird things I are going to, on. I try to us. be like, <laughs> talk to me, <laughs> here, you know, right like, here, I'm yeah. over here. So it, it, we, it like, I think everybody's kind of in that space with that project. Everybody's kind of come to a level like we're all on but it the gives same them, level. It gives them you know? that as well. Like, oh, they're dusting the cobwebs off. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. I, that's exactly how I felt at my show last week. Oh, I good. just I had not, you know, I hadn't played like that in a while. I was releasing my single. So I was really nervous because it was a new song and it's, yeah. it was just got on Spotify, you know, just all the things. And I had a new band that I've never played with this band before. You know, we've yeah. had three rehearsals and we're supposed to play an hour or, you know, our half hour set. At and the it end. doesn't even look like it's <laughs> the same musicians that you recorded with. You, you, you recorded with different musicians. Well, it, that's funny that you, yes. So the drummer, yeah, the drummer is the same, and he's my producer. And he's the, producing the record, record or producing the EP. You're he's, working yeah, on. he produced "Let Me Love You," which is my single that I just released. Okay. And then he he and I are following that with an EP on the other side, which "Let Me Love You" will be on plus four new songs. I see. The That's songs. how it's structured. Yeah. And so "Let Me Love You" with 
uh, Natalie Michelle mm-hmm. on Spotify. Yep. Go listen. And YouTube, we just released a music video too. I was actually hoping that maybe we could uh, put your music video in on the end of this conversation. Oh my God, please. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Love that. So hang out till the end and you'll be able to see the music video right here. Perfect. Perfect. And go follow on Spotify and that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So now that we're here, mm-hmm. where are you from? Uh, originally, I'm from California, Southern California. Okay. Um, I grew up in Orange County. I moved to LA for three years after high school, and I actually did a lot of acting. I was a childhood actress. Oh, person. really? <laughs> yes. You were right outside LA? Yep. Okay. Yep. And so I was kind of commuting for commercials and auditions and things like that when I was a teenager. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? This whole other life um i did some independent films and some shorts and as a teenager not a child as a teenager yeah your your parents weren't bringing you to like child auditions it was well you sought it out when you were a teenager yeah i was more i was self-sufficient when i was going to la and going on auditions um i was younger younger i was doing theater and my mom would be taking me to auditions for musical theater and things like that but but it was always something that you wanted to do you were like i i love this i love to be on stage yeah i and i love to sing you know and i love so that's kind of where the musical theater thing happened and i just i ended up getting a commercial agent and they encouraged me to take you know commercial training classes and film classes and do some scene study work and do some character work and so i started and then i fell in love with acting and i just went i went hardcore that route for i don't know seven eight seven years wow yeah a long time that is a long time for yeah yeah, that's that's great and (laughs) and you you got in you got in independent films anything released yes but i would rather (laughs) Do you go by a different name? No, now? no, 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 no. It's always been Natalie Michelle. Okay. Um, uh, I did. I did. A, I did a. I did a movie uh, with a couple of um, actors that people might recognize. When I was seventeen, I played the sister of the lead actress, and I, I died. I died in a bus accident, and that, okay. that film was called Mercy Street. Okay. I don't know where, where it is or all if right. it's out there, but it was before I YouTube, don't want to before Netflix. You too much, yeah. I mean, it was before all that, you know, so I don't even know. <laughs> it's probably findable. It's probably findable, but um, a lot of commercials. That's and cool, that kind though. Of stuff. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, I mean, that's more than people who are pursuing it get, you know? That's, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so this this must have and when you were a teenager and mm-hmm. so this is this is kind of what you were doing in high school you were mm-hmm. you were pursuing acting yeah. and and did you um because that's kind of where I like to start with people is like what was high school like because yeah. I feel like that's a relatable thing you know it's like high school there is those you know mm-hmm. there there are types there are definite types especially when we grew up there yeah. were still those types and oh I was a type yeah what, what type <laughs> what type were you <laughs> That's what I want to know. Um, I so so I was in high school. I was in a what would somebody would it wasn't called this at the time, but nowadays I guess it's called Glee Club. Okay. So like I was um, like yeah, but and it chorus. was it was like song and dance. So we were like singing and dancing. It was this group in high school. I just remember being in elementary and in and then um, middle school, and we would as the youngsters would go to the high school for like 
day trips and we would see performances and I was like, someday I'm going to be on that team at that high school. Like that was my dream. You remember yeah, that. I just remember. I, I remember these girls coming out in these pink sparkly dresses with all this makeup on and their hair done and they were singing and dancing. And I just was like, oh my God, I want to be them. <laughs> that's what I want, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that's, so, and I, I auditioned. What so so you're in middle school and you see I, these girls and you're like that's it that's it that's the, that's what I want to do and then you get to high school and you audition and how does that go It was good I got in yeah. and um and I you know there's you know we're there's freshmen sophomore junior and seniors all in this class it's not just freshmen you know it's a so there's not like a junior and a varsity no it's all one but it's every all the girls. But I can, one. But what I'm picturing is like that, that you kind of have to move from background to foreground. That's where I was going with this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's the chorus, and then you have like these solo or like the, they call them the you know the stars of the show. You know yeah. they had like a few stars of the show, and those were normally the juniors and the seniors. Of course. You know, like and the the chorus was the you know the younger girls. Yeah. Um. So I got there my freshman year and I just remember like everything about my freshman year. I was just wide eyed and like I saw all these seniors just like, can you say whatever you want on here? Yeah. yeah. Like just like totally like kicking ass, like, like just. That's what you were worried about? Well, I have a really bad (laughs) mouth and I just know that it's coming. Well, so I just wanted to make sure we're We're okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't even get me started. My F bombs come no, left, nobody, left and right. Nobody watches this anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as a freshman, I just remember seeing all the seniors and, and they had their solos and I was like, oh my God, like I have to wait four years to maybe get a solo, you know, to yeah. maybe be a star of our of our piece, our but ensemble. You wanted it so hard. Wanted it so hard. Um, and then I remember so then sophomore year, um, comes and um we have auditions for the leads you know everybody has to audition for the lead you know and not in not even for two seconds in my mind did i ever think that i would be put as a lead ever as a sophomore yeah um and i and and i i did well the teacher put me as like the star of the show and the seniors were pissed the juniors were pissed oh in as a sophomore as a sophomore yeah in this club that i got that i wanted you know and because you have ta- you had ta- you sh- you showed that I had some I could sing. Yeah, you yeah. showed that. I mean, there is an it factor. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, and so sure. you had a little bit of it, and I especially in high bit. school, mm-hmm. it's like, oh well, you know, I'm gonna pick who's best. Yeah, and so you were best as a sophomore, and that's what my my teacher actually. I do remember my choir teacher because uh, she got everybody was upset in class, and they went to the teacher and they complained or whatever, and she had to like, and I was getting nervous because everybody was mad at me, and so she like <laughs> pulls me aside and she's like, you know, the idea is that we come we compete and we win and we put the best people where we need the best people oh it's a competition com- yeah it's a, we competed all so over it was like glee club i'm telling it was you like i was a in whole glee thing. I, <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that didn't exist that didn't right i don't think it was as big on the east coast yeah. i think especially outside la or in bigger probably districts. not it was a big thing in california and they called it show choir 
at the time it was called show I'm choir. A, yeah, I'm yeah. aware okay. of that. Yeah. So that's that's what it was. And there were there were like regional competitions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and you know, our we want to win. That's like that's the whole idea. That and, makes more sense now. And she like pulled me aside and she was like, "You are you're the best for this role, and don't you know don't be nervous about the older girls. You know they'll they'll get over it and." You know, but you are also going to have to step it up with your confidence. You can't sit here in the corner and be afraid of everybody. Like you have a voice, you have to use it. Get your ass on stage and let's do the thing. You know, yeah. and so that that did give me a lot of confidence. I think that that whole move uh, that happening to me at such a young age and somebody just saying like, you believing, yeah, you. you can do this and you have all the, these things and um and. Don't prove us wrong, you know, don't, don't make us sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know? now, you know, you, I know you can. So now you have to know you yeah. can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so that was cool. That's what, that's what I did. And like, it wasn't I had a the teacher coolest like thing. That too. I, I, um, I played in the orchestra. I okay. Played, What'd you play? I played upright bass. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't a full orchestra. It was a program that met, not many schools had, but it was in. Um, it was the teacher who who taught it. This this man uh, Ward Dilmore, he um, he brought this program into Wilmington uh -huh. uh, called Strings Attached, and it was violin, viola, cello, bass. Okay. But in high school, there was ninety five people on stage oh with violin, viola, cello, and bass. Oh my god! And <laughs> and, right. and uh and yeah, I. I, I excelled at it and I, and I w and I was good. And I, and I kind of came into high school knowing I was going to be good. But like when I got to high school, it was very, it's actually a very similar story. When I got to high school, there were a couple, cause there weren't a lot of males in the program. It was all female. Okay. And, um, and, but there were a few, you know, seniors when I was a freshman who were really good at the upright bass. Mm -hmm. And I, and I just remember like, like we were playing stuff and I kind of wasn't keeping up and I was like, right. well, I was good, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, and I was playing outside of school and, uh, and then, and I, I just, I kind of, I kind of kept at it and got better and then, and then, yeah. And come like sophomore year, I'm kind of standing toe to toe with the senior who was there, Chris Johnson. And, oh, wow. And we kind of got along and, and he helped me and, and yeah. we, uh, and yeah, and then and then kind of my junior and senior year, it was just uh, there was just kind of a few of us left that right. kind of could hang with it. Mm -hmm, but um, mm -hmm. but it was a great program. They like bought us upright bases. We oh, that's so cool. We traveled the world in my in my uh, junior year. We traveled to Ireland. In my senior year, we went to Italy. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. yeah, I got to play in like churches and and do a little tour. Wow, that's awesome. We we never got to do anything internationally. It was all in California. But it was so you would you would compete regionally. Mm -hmm. Did you guys ever win? Always. You always won. <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, we were our 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 team name. Our team name was called Vivace. That was the name of our team. Okay. And we what had been known. What was the reason for the team uh, name? It's just, it just means like color of life. Okay. It's just like an Italian word for okay. li liveliness. What was it again? Vivace. Vivace. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we I mean, we won. We won a lot. I wow. mean, you know, every single one, but we were you know one two or three you know in in the competitions you were and, competitors yeah we were really competitive and it was it's kind and when we'd go to these 
you know, teams. And there was like a group, there's a group within our group that was even more competitive. So there were like the top, like 10 girls that were like, watch all the other people and study them all. And like that girl, they got a great soloist in that one. And they got a really tight core, like their core, their four part harmonies on point, you know, like <laughs> it was like, we were like making notes and what do we have to do? That's better. And but so come <laughs> sophomore year, you were kind of part of that inner circle. Yeah. And yeah. so you had three years of, mm -hmm. of what I can only imagine was a pretty tight community. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. It was really, really so great to feel part of a team um, that's kind of, I would say that's where I kind of develop my leadership skills. Um, I don't really remember much before then, um, being a leader, uh, and I, that's very much the role I play in but a it, lot of things in my life now. And it kind of stemmed from that group. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like that's where you, you know, you learned how to come out of your shell yeah. and you had the, you had the teacher that kind of coached you out. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it sounds like not long, it sounds like in that sophomore year, in that first year, kind of as a lead role, you, you, you had to probably had to have stepped into it to remain competitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I think it too, what it was like also combination, like I, I got, I was really lucky with my, my parents were, um, you know, they were pretty supportive and I, I had to make a decision going into high school if I was going to do the arts or if I was going to do sports okay. and my dad, I was really good at basketball. And my dad was just like, please play basketball, please, please. It's going to pay for your college, please. Yeah. And I just did. I, I liked basketball, yeah. but I didn't love it. You know, yeah. it wasn't like you how tall. I, were you always tall? I was always tall. You grew yeah. Tall and, quick. And I'm pretty, uh, I'm a pretty competitive, aggressive person. <laughs> so basketball was great. It was physical. I could get rough. You know, it was like, it was good. It was good for me. Um, but what I had to pick, you know, I okay. didn't, I didn't have an, I didn't have it in me to do two th things that were so heavily involved in my time. Of course. Um, so, and that's what I picked. So my dad, I think, I think my parents, when my sophomore year came around and they saw my, what happened, um, then how you excelled yeah it. how i excelled and they you know they'd go to my, my my parents were just so proud we're winning these competitions their daughters the star of the show you know they were just like he must have gotten a little bit of what he was looking for it, to be able to go and cheer you yeah, on and yeah and and you and you be part of a team yeah you know, he probably didn't see didn't see it like that no that was even an option in the right arts. right yeah and and i think that the combination of me making my own decision, like my parents, you know, of course they had their opinions, but they did at the end of the day, let me make my own decision to do this instead of sports. Okay. And then I excelled at it. And then they, you know, they always were proud, but like, I mean, they were proud when we were even more so when we were winning and, and I was, you know, yeah. the center of it all, you yeah. know, and I just, it made me it gave me so much confidence. Like I made this decision and they backed me up and they can see what a great job I'm doing and I'm doing a great job, you know? So, so it must've been, good. it must've been, that must've been the driving force that got you, you know, to these auditions in LA and, and in the so. commercials and, yeah. and into acting Sure, kind sure. of, was it a long, was it alongside this or was it after high school that it you was, got into acting? I got into it alongside, um, and actually that was, uh, I think 17 or 18, I got accepted into a, uh, 
acting school in Bever- in uh, Los Angeles, Beverly Hills oh, really? area. Yeah. And so I started to go to this co- trade school, acting school that is was supposed to be for after high school, but I actually started my senior year. Wow. So I was going to high school. Well, it is industry out there. It is a trade. Yeah. It is a job. Yeah. 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 So I, I was then that actually kind of the Vavache kind of fell off at my, the end of my senior year because I was so then invested in this school in Beverly Hills. Which so, sounds like the natural progression yeah, anyway, for sure, for sure. you know, and, yeah. and I'm sure that uh, your teacher was like, yes, yes, go, this go is what you do me, now. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you for singing. Now go over there and do that. Yeah. yeah. She must have been really proud. Yeah. 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 And my parents were too, you know, and, and they were, they just kind of let me, they've always kind of let me pave, pave my own way. They always have their opinions, you know, but they did let me kind of pave my own way. And, um, you know, as long as I was happy and as long as I was, um, passionate about something and, and working really hard. Sure. That's all they wanted from, you know, sounds right. Yeah. sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I was doing all of those things (laughs) really intensely. so. So how do you go from, acting in LA <laughs> to managing, you know, to music in Brooklyn. Right. How do we, how do we, is, cause it probably wasn't too far apart. Was it one, one kind of right after the other? Yep. Yep. It was a similar progression. So I'm in this, I'm in this trade school. Uh, it's called Beverly Hills Playhouse. I'm in the school with all these talented artists and actors, you know, and as yeah. most people know, you know, artists or actors are artists and they, you know, they do lots of different things, just like musicians do lots of different things. And, um, I ended up meeting a group of people within my class that were musicians and they had all these little side projects. Oh, we play music on the weekends. We do this, we do that, you know? And, um, I, I, and I, and I was just, you know, had my ear open. I was also the youngest person in my class of 60 people. So again, shy, timid. I am the underdog. These are all working actors. You know, I'm so you're in LA. I'm in LA. Yeah. yeah. And And I'm 17 and I'm I'm like 17, 18 years old. And I'm in an acting class with 60 people who are all older than me working. You're still at home. You're just about to graduate high school. Yeah. I haven't even moved up there yet. I'm commuting back and forth to school. Wow. Yeah. That's how like (laughs) devoted I was. I ended up moving obviously there right after high school. So right after high school, you go straight to LA and you're like, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how'd that go? It sounds like it went okay. You did commercials. I mean, yeah, it went, it went, it went fine. I had, I got a lot of experience. I, uh, more so than anything, I loved my school. My school was like, did they help you get work? No, they didn't really help us get work. They gave us the tools to land the jobs. Okay. So they, you know, we were out, we, we had our own agents. I had an agent, I had a commercial agent. I had a film agent. I, you know, everybody had their own agents. Some of them had managers. Did you do that instead of college? Yes. You just did this acting. And I, I tried, I went to college right after school. I tried to do that with this. And I, I mean, I didn't last two months, you know, and I was going to, yeah, I was going to community college and same as that nine to five vibe. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I just remember, (laughs) I'm like, I got to tell my parents I can't do this. And I was like, guys, I, I, 
I, there's no way. And they're like, we know. <laughs> it's okay. Just See, do what you need to my do. My mom was real. My mom, it wasn't an option. College, yeah. college was what I was, was going to do. do. Yeah. Most people, they don't have an option. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I found a trade school too, though. I went. I where, found, did, where did you go? I went to uh, the New England Institute of Art. It was oh, like nice. one of the AI. Mm-hmm. But they, they, I feel like I say it on every episode, but they, they had just taken over MassCom, so Mass School of Communications, Massachusetts. Okay. And um, and it had, I had honestly. When I was there, I had one of the top audio programs in the world. Right. Really. And your mom was okay with this it, program? Yeah, it was okay. a for-profit college. Okay, cool. You know, but it was college. I had yeah. to do undergrad. She was, she just was like, you have to do the bachelor's rather than the than the associates. Okay. So, so I have a bachelor's. I have a bachelor's of science. Nice, nice. In audio and media technology, basically. Well, you know, I, have a, I have a degree in party. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah well you do great at it you're putting it to use that's for sure uh i mean i've been i've been but i started young too the first show i threw i was 15 years old in my driveway right and i was and i was playing i was playing shows in my band out of school and i was doing i was doing orchestra in school and i and and, you know and i was partying outside of that and so in college of course kind of all of that comes together where i'm professional yeah but i'm but i'm you know rock and roll and i'm partying and it's kind of like oh all coming together yeah that is a career actually yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. well yeah and that the 2021 it's like you know it's not about the the career path anymore you know it's it's about what are you doing that you love that makes you happy that you want to put your time and energy into and that can change that's the craziest thing that is can that change. like you, you really only Should find change. success when you enjoy what you're doing right, right. That, that's the craziest thing is because like we weren't we're about the same age but we weren't you know we didn't see that we were like no we were like um corporate you know um you know corporate that's the way to succeed career chasing money right 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 how are you going to make money it wasn't passion no and now it's like oh yeah it is it is yeah yeah and it's like if you're sure you can be passionate in a corporate direction sure and plenty of people are right plenty of people have to be right or else or else we wouldn't be able to do Do, what we we try to do agreed you know and so there are people who are actually passionate about that that should be doing that yeah yeah and they wouldn't be good at this yeah, no. that acting or you know or, or you know attempting Songwriting whatever or, yeah you know um okay so you didn't go to college and you're and you're and you're in at and you're 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 in la and uh-huh. you're a- acting and you're going to the school going and, to school and mm-hmm. it looks like you're trying to it looks like you're trying to be an actor it looks yep. like you're you're doing la mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so um i'm interested in I mean, that's very interesting, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you have plenty of stories. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to know, like, like you must have spent a lot of time on set, and you mm-hmm. must have seen a lot of stuff. Were you ever attracted to the back-end management side of move, of TV commercial movies? No. No, you always <laughs> no. wanted to be front. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like that is, that is a thing that people do, too, where they're like, oh, I can do, like these kind of work alongside each other as yeah. well, like yeah, writing yeah, yeah. and being on camera, you know? Well, and, you know, that's, 
I love that you're going in chronological order, so I don't want to jump around because I love I love no, the jump vibe around of like now of the segue. You now know? you know now we're a little while in. We're but in yeah, okay. we can loosen up a little bit. Now um, I love um, I have good friends in the film business in the film industry in the all behind the scenes stuff. yeah and i love working on projects with them yeah. so like for instance i help i edited my music video um and like it was fine being in front of the camera you know i, I no love problem. the music video by the way thank i you. think it came out really thank good. you thank yeah. you um but behind um, I was rarely insecure about it while we were working on it because, you know, we had no money. Of course. Absolutely no money. So I have n you know, no budget to work with. And I'm trying to make 17 different, 17,000 different <laughs> shots of my face look different and interesting, yes. you know, <laughs> which I'm that's like. Just, <gasps> that's exactly what I was thinking. And of. it was so, I was like, oh my God, anything but my face. It's like, we don't have any money. My face is free. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, and I was just like, hey, it's just that you did the editing on it because it was a lot of you. It was a lot of you in different angles I, yeah, and directions. You have no idea. Look, you have no idea. So and so the fact that it was you looking at you like I, I was screaming, pulling my hair out, <laughs> pulling my hair out. Behind, and like it wasn't I wasn't engineering the editing. So um, uh, John Sood and I actually edited it. So he was the editor. But I was okay. sitting there going, you were calling no, shots. Yes. You, yeah. You were directing. Mm, not that one. Not that one. Faster. That shot needs to come fast. Let's bring it. Let's zoom it in. Let's crop it. Uh, it's crooked. That split you know? second matters. It matters. And I do it in these too. It's like it totally. Like matters. I'm like, oh, I don't long. I don't like how long I hang on that face. Mm -hmm. I make a yeah. stupid face That's there. Exactly. And I don't like how long I hang exactly. on it. Exactly. So I'm gonna cut the. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I had. I had. You know. Before we even shot this, I had dreams of like these time lapse shots and like beautiful shots of Maine. And I wanted like things other than, you know, me. Yeah. You um, wanted things that I you had to pay for. Yeah. I wanted things <laughs> that I had to pay for and I had no money. So between James Whalen, the cinematographer, John Sood, and myself. Oh, James shot it? He shot it. Yeah. Okay. He did. Um, it's great. Yeah. He it's did a lot footage. of band footage. And, uh, yeah. At the, Dogfish. At Dogfish. Yeah. 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 So we just decided if we can slice in, if it could be like a live performance, you know, that that's always, that's always a shoe in a live it's, performance, it's right? It's pretty classic music classic video. Classic music video, like yeah. a live band, right? So I was like, okay, more of the live band, less of the pretty shots. I like the I pretty know the musicians shot. that are in the in the video yeah. too, and I, that's who I thought your band was going to be. Yeah, those especially were all... the guitarists. There, I'm terrible with names. Uh, so Dave Taylor, yes, Dave Taylor played on the out on the rec on the track. Okay, he's, he's a wonderful musician. We were playing lots of music together this this yeah, um, we hang summer. Out, we we hang out at um at, at Empire uh, Open Mic a lot. Yeah, where where you know I mm -hmm. I come for comedy. I don't. Right, Sometimes I'll come there. for the music, and mm -hmm. it's just such a, it's such an awkward transition. It is going from music to comedy. Totally. And if you're if you're at the music for too long, like you're not in the mood to tell a joke. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, you want to you brings wanna, you to a different level. A little you want to be right? melancholy. And, yeah, you know, and like feel things. And yeah, not, and not like <laughs> I'm having feelings. I really don't want to laugh right now. No, I don't <laughs> want to talk about my dick. Yeah. anymore. And that's that's all I have to talk about. <laughs> Well, my perfect, joke right perfect. now is that um, I got my first shot, and mm. uh, I'm pretty sure my dick grew. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, it's wow. I wow, think, side effect, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's uh, what we need to tell everybody. We need to get the word out. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Get your shot. Really, yeah. Dick grows bigger. Plump. Pump it, plump, it up. It plumps it. It's Do really, it. Everybody's yeah, doing it. It's fat. <laughs> Um, oh, on that note, I got my shot, and um, <laughs> yeah, you got the J and J, and you were I sick got the for thirty J and hours. And I was sick for thirty hours. <laughs> but that being said, do it, get the shot, do it, everybody, yeah. do it. Uh, so how, so how do you go from a promising acting career in LA, mm-hmm. which is your home, which you're mm-hmm. with family, mm-hmm. you know? So did you start playing music in LA? So yes, I, I again. It's like getting that like encouragement or like having a, a, a chance, right? So older older people playing music, telling me they got music projects. Oh, oh I used to sing. Like I, I love singing, you know, in the corner being all shy. And now, now you're like, oh, now you're out of practice. You hadn't, you know, you, oh, I sang in high school, but now I've just been acting. Right, 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 right. right and yeah. like singing in high school, once you're out of high school, it's like, oh, that was kind of kid oh, shit. Let, let alone write songs. Yeah. I didn't write songs. Yeah. You know, I just sang what I told, was told to sing, you, you know. <laughs> literally <laughs> like the notes on the page. All the notes on the page is what I sang. Yeah. The words, you know, sometimes <laughs> they were in Italian. It just like was weird. <laughs> now, now, hold on. I just, mm-hmm. did you do like. Uh, choreography with the dancing with in the high competition of yeah of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so and so your teacher was like a, did she come up with the choreography no we had a chore- the- we had a choreographer that we met with twice a week after school for three hours wow each each rehearsal yeah so we'd have quite we had we would have class in regular school so it was my so elective. it was like boy band stuff it was yeah. like yeah, oh yeah. full-on boy band like with <laughs> 30 the, of us with 30 yeah and that was the time, yeah, was the time too yeah. where like boy bands were huge huge so, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge yeah huge. yeah all right so um so now you're you're after and you're like and so how do you go get into writing songs? there's this exercise called a song and dance and um and uh what you have to do is it's an it's an improv exercise and you get on the stage in front of your entire class 60 people and the teacher will have you sing and dance um with like and with like different emotions okay so you pick a song and it's not about singing and it's not about dancing it's about being vulnerable it's about feeling it's about emotion. feeling vulnerable and letting yourself go you know to places that you don't typically go to but you choose a song um so you can detach yourself you know from from it's just like you're not trying to say a line and be vulnerable it's just like sing a song and and you're gonna emote sadness or it's or almost trauma like, or despair it's almost like know? meditation it's almost like kind of feeling yeah. things fully and accepting it and so so i do this and i sing a song and I'm, I haven't, you know, I've never, I'd never done that in front of this group of people or my teachers there. And, and this was in the, acting. this was in the acting class. And then my, you know, after class, my teacher pulled me aside and there, you know, he's like, do you sing? You know, I was like, not really anymore. I used to. And he was like, why? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. You know, I was, I'm an actor. And, uh, anyways, long story short, he just kind of planted a seed of like, hey, don't don't forget that that's a part of you. And then on that note, I started to meet people in my class, you know, 
people who were friends with my classmates that were musicians. And I started getting interested in music again. So I'd go and hang out and play and, and sing and sing, not play. I wasn't playing guitar or writing anything. Um, now had you ever played guitar? No. Really? Mm-mm. I think I'm like 19, 20 now. Wow. Yep. And you had never owned, picked up no, a guitar? No, my dad bought me a guitar. I never played it. My okay. dad bought me a guitar when I was like 14 and I just, I never, never got into it. Um, and I ended up meeting, of course, I met a boy, right? Met a boy who's in a band and, um, as, you we, do. as I do, and we started dating and he was like, you got, you got to stay in the band. You got to stay in the band. So that's kind of where. Especially in L.A. I feel like growing up and being in L.A. so young, it's mm-hmm. just a different thing. It just it, it feels so attainable because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like growing up on the East Coast, it's like L.A. is so far, far away. Yep. Like you couldn't be more far. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. so like. It was like playing in shitty punk bands at the bar, you know, it's like that's what felt attainable. Right. You know, and so like, like, oh, no, like agents like I just bought my coffee around agents. You know, it's like a thing that's here. Yeah. And so I so it's like you do kind of cater your material and and your projects toward commercial values, you know, toward what sells. Yep. And and so having, you know. Uh, a a talented female, you know, attractive female singer mm-hmm. is, you know, yeah, it's, it's sellable. It was sellable, yeah, for first. <laughs> and they and they were a band of dudes, you know, yeah. and so they were and, like, which is very hard. Get on, yeah, get on board here, lady. I, I um, know. Even even after college, I did sound for this band, and we had, and it was like, yeah, sure, a bunch of dudes can play, you know, this like kind of electro punk, like you know, aggressive mm-hmm. dance music. And then it's like, oh, once a, once this like really talented female singer joined the band, it's like, oh, now people are paying attention. Right, right, Now right, we're right. selling rooms. Now right. it's like, okay, now this is becoming something yeah. that's happening. It's also to the balance is nice. You know, you got to have the the, you know, the yin and yang and the femininity and the masculinity. You want girls and to then, come to your shows. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah. it's like you yeah. don't want to just play for a bunch of sweaty beat dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they don't they don't continue to support your career no. they come because <laughs> they, if if they're meeting women at your shows mm-hmm. it's a much better time for everybody yeah 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 yeah, yeah so sure. he he, he you so he in, encouraged me to start singing in this band so we started playing locally in la and 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 he was writing and he was he was writing yeah, yeah. he and the other guy um were writing the other lead dude were writing what was, kind of music was it? It was like folky, folk rock, even like aired on the side of bluegrass. Um, Which was hot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's... I it think had it's, its moment, like Decemberists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things yeah, like yeah. that. For sure. Um, it was really... It was cool. And we did... We looked really good together aesthetically. It was a good look. And we sounded really good together. Our voices sounded really good. And I just... He was kind of one of those like no fear guys like he anything he wanted he went out and got it you know he's like i got this band i got this band we're awesome we're booking shows and all of a sudden we're playing at the viper room yeah we're playing at house of blues playing at you know i can't even remember all it is all all, in confidence though all rainbow room like all this stuff on sunset strip and i am you know 19 (laughs) 20 and here I am about to now start playing rock clubs. <laughs> and I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't even know how to plug a mic in. 
<laughs> well, you don't have to. Well, you just you need do. to step out. You do. Well, you, you do. do at that at that level. You need to know how to ask for your monitor mix, and you right. need to know how no to. No idea. You know. Yeah, you need to know how to sound check. No idea. Sound check is is a skill. Yeah. That I feel like. As a monitor engineer for years and as mm-hmm. an audio engineer for, you know, I've been an audio engineer for half my life now, right. you know, it's like you, I've coached a lot of new musicians through sound check. Yeah. Sound checking is a skill and just being okay with doing you uh-huh. until it sounds right. What you want it to sound like. Yeah. Yeah. Is... You, you know, you just have to do it over and over right. and over and over and right. over. And I've and I've learned how to, I've learned how to set things enough for, especially if I know I'm working with somebody inexperienced. Yeah, I know. Yeah, how to yeah, set, yeah. I know how to set the room close enough to the where they come on and they're like, oh, okay, okay, this is this is great. A little <laughs> less actually, yeah. you yeah, know. Yeah, and yeah. so and um, but coming coming into it and then playing you know those kind of the you're kind you you kind of skipped a tier oh totally you skipped over like open mic nights and, and these yeah. small bars where you're playing for people who don't care and he was pretty aggressive and he was like you're just gonna do it like yeah. you're gonna do it and you're gonna be awesome and don't worry about it and i think show number two he had a guitar in my hand on stage <laughs> and i had no idea how to play it and i'm not kidding you i went on stage and i played a guitar and I had, you know, like, was it even plugged in? Of course. No, no. It was like, he had taught me like a couple chords. Oh, and I could imagine him putting you on it and sure. Okay. It's it, but it, no, it's not going anywhere. No, That's no, what no, I no, no, no. It was plugged in. And, and again, I think it was another time where somebody gave me a chance to like, like, and pushed me to like do something that I wasn't comfortable doing, or I didn't think I was, I didn't know if I would be good enough, you and know, you to do it. And you rose to the occasion. I rose to the occasion. And, and six months later, I mean, we're now, you know, for six months, we're booking shows all over LA playing these rock clubs. I'm like, I'm feel like a rock star, you know? And That's I, so cool. I, there were, we were getting written up in the paper and wow. like, I mean, it was like a huge, it it's was gotta my be such friends a, were coming out. I mean, it's gotta be such a different feeling too mm-hmm. than, than acting for cameras. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, now you have an audience. Right. That's so addictive. So addictive. <laughs> and I'm a performer. Like I, I am a performer, you know, I, there was that part of me from theater, from show choir, from, you know, She's locked up somewhere in some <laughs> deep, dark basement and she'll never come out. Um, no. uh, I have a, such a hard time with just musical theater in general and, and now as a I can't up, really do it. No, I can't no, really I tolerate can't. it. I can't. I yeah. have. It's excruciating. The, yeah, the cadence of it and the 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 put on, you know, because because it. What, because what it is, is it doesn't translate to a camera. No, I'm sure in a theater when they're performing for the back row, right, of an opera house, that works, right, 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 right. But I've only ever seen it like on camera when it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this show is doing this scene or whatever, whatever. It's, (sighs) I, I struggle. I yeah. really, really struggle when somebody's like, oh, you want to go to the theater? Oh, I got t- good tickets to go see, you know, Bye Bye Birdie. And I'm like, really? bye. <laughs> it's bye not, bye you can't Birdie. Do it anymore. Not doing it. <laughs> like, it's so funny where you. None you, of it. At, at one point in your life, you maybe even thought that that's where you wanted to go. Totally. 
Totally. And it blows my mind because I, I really, I get super cringy really? around musical theater. Um, and I, and that is, you know, not, I hope I don't offend anybody because I know that there's beautiful, everybody has their beautiful, taste. everyone has their taste, yeah. but I don't, I guess I'm like, I sit in that seat and I like shrivel up and I'm like, oh, well, I don't now know you're so... I believe anybody. <laughs> well, and that's, what's so funny is that you kind of went, you know, you, you, you took a total 180. Mm-hmm. From right. from high school and then into acting where you still could have gone that route. You still could have gone, you know, more acting, acting, acting. Right. To where what you do now is all emoting. Right. Like it's the combination of I think what what I love to do, like the thing that is like my my heart thing. Right. Is I like to. Uh, um, songwriting has become just the staple of what of what it is I do. I songwriting, I'll never not songwrite. Yeah, you know, as long forever, I will always be a songwriter. I, I love the process. I love the therapeutic aspect of it. I love being able to, um, put out into the world something from my perspective, and then somebody else gets something out of it that they hear. Well, and, so, you know, and we um, were talking, you're such a natural song writer where you write your song and you're not writing pieces and you're not coming up with a hook first and you're not, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're not like, right. You don't come up with a riff and then kind of build the song around mm-hmm. that, which are all very valid ways to write totally, music. Totally. But you like, like, like a friend that I went to college with that, that's why I kind of picked up on it where like, I, I asked you, I was like, when you sit down and write, do you write from beginning to end or mm-hmm. do you write in pieces? Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, I write from, I, I just, cause, because I picked up on it in your changes mm-hmm. and people that write changes like that, mm-hmm. like where it's like, it's like dot, da dot, da dot, da dot, da dot, you, you know, it's like these 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 steps that mm-hmm. kind of don't repeat and never and never trip over each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that I just kind of picked up on it. So when did you gain that that writing skill? Because it is an advanced way to write. And so how did that end up getting pulled out of you? So I well, thank you for the compliment. Um, and I think what happened is. You know, and I, I know we don't have a ton of ton no, of time we have left. Of we time. do, okay. Yeah. Um, but the 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 so going going from this group that I was in in L.A. and getting kind of inspired to start writing my own songs, and I was encouraged by the band. Hey, Nat, why don't you write a song? We'll sing one of your songs. We'll put music to one of your. You have lyrics, you know. Well, and, that's really nice. Not every band is like that. No, sometimes no. people are like I write the I'm music. The, yeah, yeah. So, and they just, I, they were, you know, really great. They were, they were intense guys. But what was the, the name of the band? We were called Traditional Matter. Okay. And um, we were probably a band for about a year, and we actually went on tour uh across the country wow. and we were on tour for about three months and um I, yeah and i was just like the girl i was the girl in the band who didn't play an instrument or write the songs and when we were on the road and we would like take these little breaks and stay at our family friend's house here in alabama or whatever we had a couple of days you know tour it, tour life tour life you know or, they, early tour or, in a van total in a van we were in yeah. a van with a dog it was like a, the whole thing i was you know, sleeping in a van with three stinky boys and a dog. And that was a whole, that's a whole other story. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so 
we they would get the Daniel. His name was Daniel Rogers. He he'd get the guitar out and says, "I'm gonna." Oh, he had this really thick Southern accent. I'm gonna teach you how to play a G string. Get get, get G chord. Here we go. We're gonna do G. And he would like, you know, we'd go over G. And he's like, "Now we're doing D. Now we're doing C." And he would just go over them. Oh, every day. Now pick up the guitar. Do it again. Do it again. You know, and yeah. I'm, okay, you know, and he's like, now put some damn lyrics to it, woman, you know? And I was like, okay. And I, he would just irk me, you know, like, I, I can fucking write. Fine, yeah. I will, you know? And I would. And I just, they weren't great songs. They weren't good songs, you know? They were just songs. And, and I, it, I was just starting to understand that, like, I can put my feelings into melodies and then they'll they can come out of my mouth as songs and i did that and i loved it and um long long story short that you know the band kind of fell apart and i had an opportunity to move to new york okay um and i was 23 um here i am 23 and so i've not never long. not long after yeah, yeah. and i just I'd lived in California my whole life. I always seek adventure. I love new things. I wanted to try something new. And here I had this new thing that I, I love to write and play music. And I was becoming a, an, an okay guitar player. I don't need to be in the band. And the band was fell apart anyways. So yeah. I was just like, why don't I just try to go do my own thing? Maybe I'll meet a producer out there. Maybe some. Maybe I'll meet another band, you know, like whatever. New York's a good city for that and too. New, yeah. You know, where mm -hmm. where LA as we said, it is very professional. Where yeah. New York you can you can get back to like and especially moving to New York to with this new skill to develop. Exactly. You, now you're in a new place mm -hmm. with a new skill mm -hmm. and a new mindset mm -hmm. and and you and you must have just hit the ground running because now you kind of know how to navigate that artist world. Mm -hmm. You have learned how to be confident. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm and I always, I always felt, especially as a woman, so like I've, you know, I've never been married and, um, you know, I always have just like, I, I, I don't know why I preface it like that, but like, I haven't had, like, I've been doing it by myself, like alone. And I've had great partners and things and boyfriends and stuff along the way. Sure. But like, I really have been these major life decisions that I've made, like these changes I've, I've made them alone. And I always work with men. Always. I've always worked with men. All of my producers have been men. All of my bandmates have been men. All of my co like lots of my co-writers have been men. Most yeah. of my co-writers have been men. Um, so I go to New York, you know, solo here at 23. I'm just starting to write songs. I'm not a great songwriter, but I meet, um, I, I ended up taking care of course the universe led me to, I started taking care of, um, a kid, you know, uh, for, for a side hustle, Was right? It somebody's kid. Who's kid? Uh, his, well, I don't, I don't think I should say his name. Okay. Yeah. But it was, um, it was somebody who but kind it was of was able to set you up. Somebody who was able to set me up. Okay. Yeah. Actually, no, I could say the father's name. His, Rich Bagano is an amazing um, drummer and uh, studio drummer and um, well-known musician and uh, producer in New York. People, and I, if people want to know who that is. Yeah, they can. They can. They can. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's amazing he became my mentor i kind of was like studio little... guys are a different guy yeah and especially in new york they're like the actors of la oh it's insane. it's such it, an industry they are the best of the best yeah of the best yeah studio guys are yes. just 
Because they're, they're hired guns. They're, they're, they're mind they, they know that studio time costs money. Yep. They get in. They play it. They play it right the first time. Yep. They, they they do some variances and they That's walk out it. the door because they don't want to be there all nope. day. Nope. Nobody they wants to be there all day. And they don't. And we don't want to comp it all day. <laughs> no. So just play the fucking part. Yeah. Play it right. Play once. it right. Yeah. Here's your million dollars. Now get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know. In college, my internship was at a production house, so I, yeah. I got to work with a lot of session guys like that. It yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And he, the, being around professional energy yeah. like that is and is it's intense. It's intense, and as a twenty three year old who who didn't know anybody, you know, had no idea how to sing into a studio mic. Yeah. You know, like I didn't even know anything about any kind of recording. I've never wow. had a record. I never had my songs recorded. You know, um, I didn't know anybody in New York. I wasn't confident with my songwriting. He helped guide me. He, he gave me some more tools for songwriting. He got me a band for my record. He, you know, we did the whole thing together. He, he kind of walked me through it. You know, that's so nice. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Well, it's so crazy. It's, it's, it's insane that, you know, and 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 I'm I've kind of found this found this out along the way too. It's like if you really commit, mm-hmm. really commit to mm-hmm. what you want, mm-hmm. and you make and you take that initial risk, mm-hmm. I feel like some risk has to be involved. Right. Totally. Always. Everything will align for you. Right. It will. It if you're if you're committed, mm-hmm. you have the right talent. Mm-hmm. And you take that risk, mm-hmm. things tend to fall into place, right? Or they don't, and it wasn't meant to be, right? So you know, don't. I mean, yeah, and move don't go on. Jumping off, yeah. jumping off all the cliffs, but like you, right. you know, you. I feel like you felt like, oh yeah, this is right, mm-hmm. you know, and you follow that intuition, mm-hmm. and then you you end up babysitting for somebody who sets up the rest of your career. I, I remember handing him a CD with my a demo, you know, something. <laughs> I don't even know how I had a demo. I don't even remember how I recorded it, but <laughs> I had some sort of some sort of. I think maybe my boyfriend at the time knew how to use GarageBand, and I just sang and you did in like the gar- a singer songwriter yeah, demo, just acoustic ex- yeah, guitar. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I gave it to him. I was like, I know this is weird, but like, maybe if you listen to it, let me know what you think, you know? And that was it. And he heard it. He loved my voice. And That's he, so scary. It was so scary. And he had some things to say about my songwriting um, that kind of like help, like help me. Um, also, what the, the truth too about it is I'm 23 and I don't even know, understand my sound yet. As an artist, I don't even know. You don't know what I don't a sound know, is. I don't even know what a sound is. Yeah. So I didn't know what my songs should sound like produced. So here I have this producer that has a young lady who doesn't know what she wants. Um, so he, thank God, knew what he could do and he heard his versions of my songs and he made them his his versions of my songs um and in at the time that's a good collaboration it's a great collaboration and looking back at it i realized i hadn't in that moment i hadn't found my voice or my or my style of writing and he helped you come to it no 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 I wouldn't, well, no, not to say that he didn't help. He did. He, uh, he gave you a direction. He gave me a direction. But what I, I realized that there, there are certain things about this that don't feel authentic to me. There are certain things about that record that don't feel authentic to me as the artist I am today. I feel like that's probably the most important skill. Yeah. Is, is being able to tell what you don't like. Right. 
Right. Instead of just kind of going along. Because I feel like that's what developing a voice is anyway. It's right. like, it's kind of, yeah, you're open, 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 but no. And then no, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. Y- you know, it's mm-hmm. like all these no's that lead to a yes. Right. Come from not knowing, you know, mm-hmm. come from like saying yes to too many things. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, when you're young and especially, again, I have to bring up, you know, being a woman because, you know, I, in a, in a industry that's super Men male. Men can tell you what you want. They will tell They'll, me yeah. that this is what you want. We want to do this. <laughs> and in my heart, you know, in my gut, I was like, why don't I want to do that? Yeah. I really don't like the way that sounds. I know. You know, your, you know, yeah. riff over my vocal yeah. is driving me crazy. And <laughs> it's not good but you learned how to say no i did yeah. so so i and i had you know i learned i learned that pretty pretty quickly and with, with you know with the bands you know i was in i had a natalie michelle and company that was a band i went on tour with that band after my second record and you know so now I you start myself. making records now in I'm new making, York. yeah so now so i did one with rich pagano i did two singles by myself i did another record with jp bowersock who did um uh, a lot of stuff with Ryan Adams and the Strokes. Okay. And that was a huge, that was a big, big I was a big dude. fan of the Strokes. I was a big fan of Ryan Adams. <laughs> yeah. So um, Ryan Adams is a songwriter who I look up to a lot. Yeah. Um, and where I get a lot of my songwriting style from. Okay. Um, and I really wanted to work. I knew JP uh, lived in New York and my, and good old Rich Pagano had a connection with JP. He's like, let me hook you guys up. So we met and we decided That's to do so a record. Nice. Yeah. That's so nice. So that was cool. I did yeah. I, I I did that and then and and you'll hear the songwriting changed, you know, like oh. like that's kind of right when I started to develop Natalie's way of songwriting was Goodnight Stranger. It takes you 10 years to oh, find sure. your voice. For sure. It, 10 years in anything. Yeah. Really to find your groove. Yeah. Um I feel like that's so natural and I feel like that's not said enough to where like, okay, yeah. It takes it, a lot of a lot of time. Time. It takes yeah. a lot of time to develop, you know, what feels like should come naturally. Right. It doesn't. It's right. work. It takes a lot of work and mm-hmm. it takes a lot of help. Right. You know, it takes a lot of help from people. So you, it sounds like you ended up getting help from, you know, some some people that cared yeah. about you and cared about where you're going and mm-hmm. and saw your potential and mm-hmm. wanted and 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 was able to lend a helping hand. Yeah, because not yeah. everybody is. Yeah, and it it wasn't until not everybody is willing, especially in New York. It's cutthroat. Yeah. You know, it's super super cutthroat there. And I um I struggled. I struggled um, after Goodnight Stranger. I had like some writer's block for a very, very long time. And I was, it was scary, you know, it was super scary. I just thought I didn't have anything to say. I didn't know how to construct songs. I I didn't know where to like get inspiration from. I started to hate everything that it would start and a couple of things would come out and I would just be, this is garbage, you know, and just feel uninspired, you know, to, to write. And, um, in 2000, I want to say in 2017, after my second record, my third single, I, ended up going um, to a songwriting retreat and I had never 
ever done anything like that. It like went on a whim and I was like, I'm going to just try to do this thing and like try to learn some stuff, maybe get some tools. I've yeah. never written with other people, never co-wrote a song in my life, sure. by the way, but by two, that's 2021, 2017, I had, didn't even understand what co-writing was but, about. But get out of your comfort zone. Get out of my comfort because zone. Because your comfort zone was blocked. It's not working. Yeah. It's not working. Yeah. yeah. And so I went on this retreat with 30 other songwriters from all over the country. Wow. Where was that? Um, in upstate New York. Of course. They do it all over. There's some in that. It's this. Um, it's in there. They do it in Nashville. They do it in L.A. I think they do it in Seattle and they do it in, in New York. Um, they do like four or five retreats a year. I think I was retreat number when the program started. I don't know, like number nine or eight. OK. You know, and now they've been doing it since 2017. It's really successful. Yeah. Um, but what happened at that retreat was like the most magical thing that's ever happened in my, as a, as a, in, on, in songwriting ways, that was the most, the best thing I could have done for myself. Do you want, I can't do you know even, the name of the company? It's called a Judy Stakey retreat. Okay. Um, and, um, cause I'm sure there's people who you want, yeah, who are in that space. So there's, there's I know a, I've been in that space. There's a lot of controversial things about this retreat. It's a moneymaker. It's this. It's, it's that. Like everything it's else. like it's everything what, else, it, right? It, it's what it's what you put into it. It's I was what just you bring gonna to say. Table. Yeah. And more than the program, more than her or her 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 platforms, you know, you know, there's a lot of things that I I liked about it, and there's a lot of things that I didn't like about it. Take what you like, leave the rest on the table. I liked every single human being that was at that retreat. Yes. And what happened was like an insanely magical connection between thirty people started. And songwriting. And, and I'm sure that's why she started it. Right. She's like, I want to put these people, people together. together. Yeah, exactly. And she probably has that talent, you know, to put people. She together. does. And at a, at a, at a, at a show in Nashville, I went with uh, some of these people down in Nashville to one of her other retreats. And I, I was one of the songwriters that was performing that night at some venue. Judy Stakey was there and they asked me, you know, what somebody was like, what was the best thing about the retreat? And I'm back and forth about the retreat itself. And I was like, honestly, and she's sitting right there staring at me. And I was like, honestly, Judy, like the thing that you provide is a playground for musicians to come and play and discover parts of themselves that they didn't know existed and to create things that they could have never created without other human beings. That is the big, that's the best gift ever. Yeah. You know, and that. It's incredible. It's giving me chills. That um, yeah. time that launched my song like my songwriting has never been better since then Good and like that that i feel like that time really developed my to me to get specific about what am i writing about what am i trying to say you yeah. know and and get really really specific um that's such a hard thing mm -hmm. to find your subtext yeah yeah it's so because it's the hardest mm -hmm. and and it changes yep and so it's like to find one that is malleable enough to alter and like, mm -hmm. oh, what am I trying to put out into the world? Is right. So important to know. And, and it takes a long time to f find what matters to you. And the message, it, it, totally. It takes yeah. a long because because I think sometimes we think we know what matters or we might have a. I still have no idea. Right. <laughs> I still have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure, you know, a little bit. Yeah. 
No, uh, you tell me. That's what we're here for, you know. So that that's what I want to know. I see. I want to know what other people's are. Yeah, I, mine, mine, mine is that we're yeah, we're we're less alone than we think. My mm-hmm. my big thing is that you're not alone because we're really just. All, we're all in it together and you see it every time you walk outside your house yeah no no like we're we're only as we're only as strong as 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 our weakest link and mm-hmm. so we really need to kind of pick people up around us and we really yeah. need to and we really need to just i feel like not enough and and, and I, it's said so often in a cliche way like you're not alone mm-hmm. but you're really not and and but it's you do need to take that first step for yourself mm-hmm. to pull yourself out of that. Like mm-hmm. you, like you just said, and I feel like, yep. like everybody's yep. story, everybody's story, you, you know, there's that piece that will motivate who is drawn to listen to it. Right. And so, so like, like the risk to come to New York and, and you, and then you get blocked and you have all the success and then you get blocked up and then this risk, like, this isn't something I would do, but yeah. Like why did I, a singer songwriter retreat? Like how dumb, you know, in my yeah. mind, I'm judging it. I'm and, like so much money. This is crazy. You and know? So there are these people that have nowhere to turn, mm-hmm. but you just need to, you need to have a little initiative mm-hmm. to take that, to, mm-hmm. to take that risk. And it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's the most scary thing you'll ever do right. to go from that alone place into a vulnerable mm-hmm. place. Right. And I feel like that that's what I like to hear about. And yeah. That, and that and that's and and because and to let everybody know that that vulnerability is what everybody goes through. Everybody wants that. I think everybody deep down wants that as, as terrified as people can be of vulnerability. I think, I think that as performers, as artists, mm-hmm. we're more comfortable mm-hmm. with with um with appreciating the vulnerability side mm-hmm. of things, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who aren't that, mm-hmm. um, it's the most terrifying thing on the earth sure. and they will do everything they can to avoid it. But it doesn't mean that they don't really at their core want it. Just yes. because you're terrified of something and do everything you can to avoid something, you know, people do that with love, right? You really need to be pushed into it. Yeah. And, and, and but I just, I want to, I want to coax people out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a cat guy. Well, we're we're <laughs> I'm a dog girl. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, I want to I want to yeah. you know, yeah. coax people out of that shell because it, not everybody I had somebody do it for me mm-hmm. and you had, had somebody some, yeah. do it for you. And and you know, I'm hoping conversations can help do it if help do it for one person. Right. One person. Right. You know, uh, help hear somebody's story relate to it and be like i can do that and we're we're tribal people you know i mean humans i mean not we're humans are tribal animals you know like we thrive off of each other you know like we're we're supposed to be moving in community in tribes in in a collective and i just i really i wholeheartedly believe that and i don't do anything alone that's that that's also (laughs) i think that Pulling things back from national tribalism Mm -hmm. into localized. Yeah. Mm Because this national tribalism is dangerous and scary Mm -hmm. because there's too many pieces. There's Mm -hmm. too many moving pieces. Mm -hmm. Let's let's 
let's say hi to the people outside, literally right here. outside our right. doors. Right. Let's acknowledge their presence. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what that's what I'm really trying to do. Right. Right. You know, it's because it's because there's people literally you're walking down the street in Portland. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people literally, you know, outside that are doing as cool, if not cooler things than the people that we revere on this national. Level. Right. Well, and then just to kind of bring it back to that, to Maine and, you know, what we're doing here and why I was drawn here, you know. Yes. So that's how I like to close it out. Okay. So how, what brought you to Maine? Um, I wanted to do something different. I'd been in New York for 10 years. I'd run that club for five years and kind of was the boss lady there and booked all the shows and was the host and was doing my band stuff, you know, too, and just really cultivating um, community uh, and creativity. I feel like that's very common mm -hmm. is like, is like I needed to breathe. Yeah. I needed Mm -hmm. to take a breath. And that's what it, a hundred percent. That's what I needed. And I just, I was like, how am I ever going to do what I do? Not in New York. You know, I couldn't see it, you know, and I, 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 took a chance. I, I I moved here with my partner at the time and we just were like, let's try something new. So I, I get here and I remember because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tribe person. I need to find my people. Like I, I can't, I am a people person. I'm an extrovert. I need my community. And I was just like, immediately I'm like, I got to find my people. Yeah. And, um, I found the, the open mic in town went to the open mic that's where i met kari and luna i'm like yep, yep those people are cool At they're gonna great be open yep okay i remember seeing them on stage and i was like those are gonna be my friends yeah how and am i gonna meet them they <laughs> yeah. have such, they have such a great community over there mm-hmm, of people mm-hmm. that they it's so great that they just like they just Co- they just coordinate it yep. and then and then you know the lunatics run the asylum yep. and set the vibe and, yeah and you know each show's a little bit different yeah and it's great i they really i mean that's why i wanted to even work with them i love i love what they're doing yeah and i, and and I did do. too and I, they just were they reminded me a little bit of like what i was doing in new york and yeah. i'm just like gosh these women probably are i mean they're so talented they're so funny they're so integrated in the community here and they just they taught me about Maine they taught me about like just the overall attitude of like Mainers or, or like or like Portlandites like just like how everything's local and everything's here and everybody supports everybody and everybody knows everybody yeah. and, and and the openness like like nobody belongs to anybody. It's like, oh, use my guy. Then my guy, he's, yes. he can help you. My producer, because she, he should be your producer. And then my drummer should be your drummer too. Also, I got a sound guy. You're gonna love him, you know. And it's yeah. just not like that in in New York. And no. and because it's such an industry. Yeah, yeah. It, it's there's so much money. Tied it's all in it. money, money, money. Yeah. And I real, you know, I got here. People aren't money hungry. Um, and everyone wants to work together. And I also like got into town and I started playing music and I immediately was well received with open arms. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Like I just was felt, I felt so welcome. Talent is respected here. Yes. And and definitely it's led with, you know, it's, it's more about, you know, um, people are accepting of, of the way that you want to portray yourself. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly how. 
You, mm-hmm. you know, you're able to dictate your existence here. Totally. In a way that mm-hmm. other that other places really don't allow. Other other places kind of want to like cut you down to size. Right. And, and then like you kind oh now you know build yourself up from there because that's what I had to do. Right. Right. And that just doesn't exist here. Everybody's allowed to kind of be who they are, and everybody's pretty open to just experiencing the artists or the people for who who they are without trying to manipulate change or how can you help me? I mean, that's yeah. just the men- mentality in New York. How are you going to help me? And, and how much and money LA, do you have? And, you know, you know yeah. and, 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 and in any in, in yeah. industry. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, it was so, so different here. And, you know, if, if you want to like get all hippy dippy for a second, cause I can, I can go I, there I, for like I, two I seconds. That's where I live. <laughs> I, I really feel like where I, and most productive in the world and is like in um like I the thing that I love to do and that I feel that I'm great at um and that gets me excited is like just cult- cultivating community and creativity however I can do that however I can bring people and music mostly but anything creative together and then I'm pretty much in my happy success zone so you know, I moved to Maine and a year later I'm doing the main music project. And I was like, okay, good. We're good. We're good. I got this. Again, it's, <laughs> it's that it's, it's being confident in what you want. Mm-hmm. So now you moved here and you're like, you're confident that you are a community builder. And yeah. You're confident that you're a leader mm-hmm. and taking that step, mm-hmm. taking that risk and moving somewhere new and, and, and the people just accepting, like, like being so well open, like, yeah, Nat, get on board, get over here. Yeah. You know, it just was so cool. It was so, so cool. It's, it's very rewarding, rewarding to be part of, uh, what is a growing community mm-hmm. rather than those industry money hungry, you know, industry communities where here it's like, it's, it, sure. We, we all were, we all wanted to get there. Mm-hmm. But we're 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 having fun, you know. We're having fun. Yeah, uh, we're having fun. We're having while, a lot while, of fun while it's still fun. You yeah, know, my stress odometer, you know, odometer <laughs> is just like it doesn't exist so much. Yeah. You know, I mean, since yeah. since COVID aside, like I just my quality of life, my stress level, and like the things that I used to stress about. I mean, they just don't even exist in my life anymore. It blows yeah. my mind. How yeah. much space I have for like things that matter. I mean, I that's I feel like that's what brings a lot of people here. Yeah. And I and I I mean, I know that that is I like I there there we want that here. We mm-hmm. want people to come here for that. And I know that there is I mean, I've heard it from our politicians and I've heard it from, you know, from industry builders who are here that we want, you know, we want people to come here because it is a better it is a better way of life. Yeah, it is a more we you know, you don't you can kind of you can come and step in here and, and be yourself and succeed with that. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. And that's that's what brought me here, too. Yeah, and you you are from where originally? Massachusetts. Oh, right, right. Yeah, but Boston? Yeah, yeah, I lived in Austin for like 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did I did I did your second half of the story. Okay. For for basically that was my first half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and and my first half was all um 
studios and bars and parties and, yep. and, and and music and and in packed rooms and and you know mm -hmm. all all the drugs and fun and yeah and, oh and, yeah and uh and really you know um living a pseudo rock star life yeah. without any real fame or far from fortune right right and and then the, funny this, how you can still <laughs> live that way without those things <laughs> well i mean i i was i was you know in college and then after college yeah and um and now this and then i and then i kind of found um comedy which kind of put started to put me on microphones rather than behind microphones right yeah and you got the but you got like this dual thing going on because you're you're behind the camera in front of the camera behind the camera in front of the, you mean you kind of got it all covered i like I said, like I said, it's not off, common. Like know? I said, off camera, I, I, I built this because I want, I want to, I want to find a place. I want to create a place for people to be on camera mm -hmm. and develop these on camera skills. Mm. Um, and I want to develop productions. I want to develop a new lane of my production skills. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I had to put myself out there in the way that I'm asking people to be put out there. Yeah. And I'm having fun with it. And honestly, I I like it. And I like, I, you know, I I love talking to people. Like, I'm mm -hmm. like you. I love people. Mm -hmm. I love hearing people's stories. Yeah. I'm the kind, like, I'm the guy. My first question is, what do you do? Right. Because I genuinely want to know. And I right. don't really care about, you know, anything else. <laughs> like, right. I, like, I want, because because what people do, people I want to know if you do what you what you're passionate about, right. and then that's what I want to talk about. Right, and that's why that's why with this show specifically, I want to have people in here who are artists, entertainers, business owners, because they're the ones who are pursuing their passions. Right, and they're the ones with the stories I want to hear mm -hmm. and and want to share because right. that's what because that's what's inspired me is right. hearing those passionate people and, well, speak. And that's inspiring, right? You're 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 meeting, understanding, and getting these stories from these people who are doing the things that drive them through the world. Yeah. You know, and like what's cooler than that? Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was very fun and kind of therapeutic. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm very, glad. very fun. I haven't thought about my journey like chronologically like that in a very long time. So just kind of like putting the pieces back together and kind of like understanding the building blocks of where I even came from. I feel like it's, <laughs> it's so, so great. I feel it's like so it's so important too. and it informs so much of where you are now. Yeah. And I feel like it's not talked about enough. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. don't want to talk about themselves. It's mm -hmm. an uncomfortable thing to talk about yourself. Yeah. And and even I I have like I'm asking people to sit where you are and they're like, well, I'm just what well, I'm going to talk about myself. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. I'm the opposite. I'll talk about myself to anybody who will listen. <laughs> and maybe to a fault, but like I'm a little insecure about it. I'm trying to share things kind of I feel like I I feel like right now I'm in a spot where I keep sharing the same stories and mm -hmm. I, I want to get past that. I want to find a way past that. Yeah. But um but it's just because that's where I'm starting with with, with these in general. But um but I love to hear it, and I and I do feel like people can learn from people's stories. And so, um, thank you for being being willing. Yeah, yeah. Know? Thanks for thanks for asking me and get, I, getting me out of here. It's, yeah. it's good to to talk and just remember why we, in especially in this time, you know, just remembering why we do what we do and why you put this podcast on, why I keep writing songs, why we keep finding projects to stimulate our 
sense of self and you know because it's fun and it makes me happy it's so much fun (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you thank you for having me Drink whiskey in the dark